everybody. This is Tippy. And this is Joe. And you're listening to the Tippy Joe Show, sponsored by BetterHelp.com backslash The Barn. If it's all right, oh, yeah. I want to kick it with you all night, all night. Woo. Have a good time. We will. Ain't got to worry because it's all right. It's all right. Hi, and welcome to the Tippy Joe Show. You got the Mox and Kyle here. Kyle, how's it going? Going pretty good, man. How are you today? Appreciate you helping me host with this one. We have a special guest online right now. We have Ben Morrison from the Brothers Comatose. Ben, how are you, man? I'm great. How are you guys doing? Doing really well. Are you in California now, or where are you at right now? I am. I am in uh, Santa Rosa, California, a little bit north of uh, San Francisco. Is it uh, getting starting to change the weather any? Is it getting a little bit chillier there or no? It is, man. It's uh, like the first signs of fall just showed uh, its face the other day. But it's also like crazy smoky. There's like a there's a huge fire just up near the Oregon border, and we're getting tons of smoke from it down here, which is pretty crazy because we're several hundred miles away. But uh, that's just kind of how it goes these days, I guess. Yeah, it's, you've been kind of seeing that. I think you know throughout this year is, is some of that uh, some of that carrying over to other cities, and I think we've all seen the one in New York. You know, the before and after kind of picture, just a couple weeks apart. It's kind of crazy when that happens. Yeah, nuts, man, nuts. But otherwise, all all is good up in here. Yeah, getting ready to hit the road, and we're excited to see you at the Old Rock House in St. Louis, Missouri, Friday, October 13th, so it'll probably be pretty fall by then, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Doors are at 7, shows at 8, $20, $25 day of, all-ages show. The Old Rock House, love that venue, love that you guys are playing there. Have you played there before? Uh, we haven't, but and I didn't know it was all-ages. I love that. That's cool, man. Yeah, absolutely. So bring your kids, bring the family. It's going to be a good time. Also with Pixie and the Party Grass Boys, are you taking them out on tour with you? Uh, they're doing a handful of dates with us. Yeah, we they're, they're buddies of ours, and uh, we've done a bunch of shows with them in the past. And so we're working our way uh, eastward. I don't think we've done much west of Colorado with them. So yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting. Is that one of the things you get to enjoy about being the headliner? You get to kind of pick and choose who you want to take out and showcase other bands or friends bands or whatever it might be oh definitely yeah i mean it's just like you know you're on the road for a good chunk of time so <laughs> you know you want bands that you uh are stoked about listening to every night but also like sharing a green room with too and sharing your whiskey with and stuff like that <laughs> so uh you know you want to pick pick good people so one thing about that i was kind of wondering so I watch your YouTube channel a lot, and I see you do a lot of collabs. And then uh, I know your album, Ear Snacks. Ear Snacks. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Ear Snacks is basically a collab album. So whenever you're out and you're doing these shows with other bands, is that when you find time to record some of your YouTube collabs, or how are you doing that? Uh, That's a good question. You know, we kind of like, yeah, I guess we kind of squeeze it in whenever we can. You know, we just because we're all sort of spread out, uh, so we don't really get together as much as we would like to. So it's, uh, we, we kind of just try to get it done whenever we can and whenever we're together for shows or festivals or whatever. Like recently we were up in Bellingham, Washington and playing the same festival as this guy, Raylan Baxter, who's awesome. And, uh, so we're like, Oh, I, I just hit him up and it's like, we're going to be at the same festival. Do you want to do a collab video with us? And so, uh, it all just kind of worked out great. So yeah, we kind of just, we'll probably end up doing one, 
maybe in St. Louis. Who knows? You know, with Pixie and the Party Grass Boys. Oh, that's awesome, man. I love the I love the collab stuff you guys are doing. I think it's so cool. I've been listening to uh, Ear Snacks for like the last two days, and uh, I love the uh, Oogum Boogum that you guys do with. Uh, is it uh, Tom Quell? Is Tom it- Quell, yeah. Uh, man, that was so fun. He's he. I didn't know him at all, but uh, he's actually from the Bay. But we met him in Mexico, and because uh, our fiddle player lives in Mexico, and um, we decided to go down and and like make some videos and practice and work on songs down there. And so we met Tom down in Mexico and turns out he's from San Francisco Bay area, just like us. But, uh, that guy's voice is insane, man. Uh, he gets so high on that stuff and it's so cool. That's one of my favorite tracks on that record. Yeah. It's awesome. I was actually listening to that today and my wife's like, what is this? And I told her, she's like, Oh, it's so good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like an old soul tune and uh he's like oh let's do this tune i'm like in the original key you're like yeah yeah you're like what dude that's crazy you know you Uh, you mentioned san francisco and i think with that region of the country it's not often associated with bluegrass all that all that much you know it's more yeah or very or never (laughs) right it's you know it's, it's typically more folk and and rock where did that bluegrass mm-hmm. influence? I know you come from a family of musicians, but where did that bluegrass influence come from? Uh, I think just, you know, it was, it was funny. Like our, uh, my brother, Alex plays banjo in the band. And, you know, when we were kids, our, our folks are musicians and had a bunch of musician friends and had always had music parties and stuff. And they were doing, they, you know, people would bring mandolins and banjos and stuff over. Not that it was necessarily bluegrass oriented, but, those instruments were there and they do like old folk tunes and occasional bluegrass song, but somebody like left the banjo behind one day and then Alex picked it up and we just kind of started jamming, you know, on my acoustic guitar and him on the banjo. And it just kind of started from there. And then, you know, we were listening to whatever we were listening to at the time, like rock, old rock bands and Rolling Stones and Led Zeppelin and stuff. We were in a classic rock. And then I, I guess we kind of just started digging into what they were checking out and deep dived uh into all that kind of stuff also there is a uh a huge festival a bluegrass festival in san francisco called hardly strictly bluegrass and i guess it's not specifically bluegrass but there's a ton of bluegrass and that has done wonders for the scene the the local bluegrass scene which is pretty cool and you guys host your own music festival right uh, yeah, I was just talking to the guys about it today. We've, we're trying to revive it because it's been a couple years uh, since pre-pandemic called Comatopia. <laughs> and where did that where did that desire come from? Because it's a pretty big undertaking, I imagine. Where, where, oh, why did you guys decide insane. to do that? I don't know. I mean, we were just uh, we had the opportunity. You know, we did it kind of small. It was like just the first, when we first started, it was just a few hundred people. So we were just thinking about like throwing a party really, you know, with a bunch of friends bands and in a cool location and having a bunch of friends show up and camp and party all night. And so, you know, it's been a few years, like I said, pre pandemic since we've done it. So I think we're going to try to do it again next year. So um, we'll see what happens. But yeah, like you're saying, it's a huge undertaking. So, you know, we, we tour a lot and um, work on albums and stuff like that. So we'll see if we can get it done, but if it does, it would be, badass it's so fun i'm sure your fans would appreciate that i mean if you know anything about you guys you have a passionate fan base right how do you Mm -hmm. how do you feel your fans and maybe this is a pretty generic question but how do your fans play into you guys' story and even specifically maybe the live experience with you guys you know it's it's been 
kind of funny, you know, and I don't know if it goes, yeah, I, I don't really know what it's like being in, in other bands. This has been, you know, my main band for a long time, but, you know, we used to play shows and it was just like our best friends at the shows would start to show up. And then, you know, those early days, we were playing a lot and, and living in San Francisco and all of a sudden the show started getting like a little bit bigger and like people started showing them like, I don't know that person. What, what is going on? Like right. other people besides our friends are showing up and it, it was really cool early on that, and we started to like really try to integrate the people at the show, the audience into the show somehow. We used, to, uh, we haven't done this in a while, but we used to like bring chopsticks to like a ton of them. I'd go to the, the dollar store and buy like every chopstick they had and then show up to the shows and then pass them out to the crowd and have them play along. It's like toward the end of the set, there'd be like a song or two that we'd have everybody play like basically drum, you know, like a yeah. room full of drummers. And that was so fun to, to us. And I've, I heard the same thing from the crowd. And, and that's always been a huge part is like including the fan base. Like still currently we have uh, a song called Morning Time, which is a, it's a duet between Nikki, me and Nikki Bloom, but Nikki isn't around uh, a lot of times to, to sing it with us. So, but it's, but it's a popular song among our fans. And so we usually shout out during the shows and ask if anybody wants to come and sing it with us. So we, so we'll just have a random fan come up and, and sing. And it's so awesome. Most of the time, sometimes it's really bad, but most <laughs> of the time it is awesome. And, uh, and just like the experience of it and the excitement for us, like, Oh, this could go terribly. Or, oh, this could be awesome. Yeah. Uh, keeps, keeps it fresh and exciting for us too. So it's just, it, they are just kind of included in the, the fabric of the band and like, you know, uh, it's not a generic question. It's everybody, every band that, that finds themselves successful is there because of their fans, you know? And so we're really thankful and thankful to have like a, a dedicated group that, that that have been with us for a long time. So speaking of one of your most streamed songs, do you care if we play a couple, couple seconds of? Please then do. We'll, then, yeah. we'll, then we'll talk about it. It's Tops of the Trees. Nice. There's no chance in winning, so I might as well try. That big red sun is about to go down. Well, I guess it's hard time I got the fuck out of town. Need to find a place where I can rest and be kind. Got too much longer stuck behind my eyes. Need to find a place in the middle. I tell you, little angel, you'll never know I'm gone. And there's the tops of the trees turn from gold into green, and the river sighs softly to her. Uh, I hate to cut it off at the chorus right there, but how much of that big chorus coming in from the verse is part of that song's popularity, do you think? <laughs> uh it's probably a big part of it i guess i don't know uh why do you ask it's just it just comes in huge i think it's just <laughs> very catchy big it's uh you know pretty different from the verse oh yeah totally yeah i don't know it, and it kind of i mean that's probably my favorite song that we do of ours and uh yeah i don't know it just kind of rolls I, I like the way it rolls into the chorus too i don't know I think, yeah, we just kind of hit hit some sort of magic when we came up with that one. So that song has, for your Kicking Up Dust album, that has a nice little section there towards the end that doesn't really... 
<laughs> Where'd that come from? <laughs> oh, dude, it, uh, that was uh, you're referring to the the My Pony yeah, uh, interlude. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh my god, uh, that was that was just ridiculous. One day, I, you know, I think I was that song came on. I'm like, oh my god, I, these are like the same. It's it's sung over the same chords as a, our song, Tops of the Trees. I'm like, I wonder if I could just like throw that in there someday. <laughs> And we were at a show, I think we were playing up in Lake Tahoe, and uh, in the middle of the song, you know, it, it, it like breaks, and then I start it, and then I just started singing it, and the band picked up on it right away, and they like started playing the, the chords underneath, and like even like the melody to it, I'm like, what is happening right now? But, uh, and people freaked out so much to the point where we just like have to do, we don't always do that song, we've kind of thrown in a few different songs, but uh, that's definitely my favorite one because people get freaky as soon as we start uh, doing it oh man i love it like whenever i first heard it i was like what is oh yeah this is awesome <laughs> well nobody's expecting it either right from yeah. like a bluegrassy band all of a sudden here comes a like genuine uh interlude <laughs> yeah ridiculous <laughs> what do you think about the state of bluegrass right now and who do you think maybe are some of your contemporaries that are doing it right there are so many uh good bands out there i mean all the way up to Billy Strings is is crushing it right now. You know he's more of more in in the like jamgrass world, but he's the band is they're phenomenal players and he's a great singer and it's they are crushing it right now. To our friend AJ Lee, who uh, we've done a video with, we, we did Harvest Moon with her, and her band is incredible and they're they're pl- they're doing great things and they're touring all over. There's just it's it's amazing. I mean you can find you know, everything from super traditional modern current bands to people just bending it and doing all sorts of weird stuff with it, which we appreciate too, because, you know, we're not traditional by any means. And it's cool to see it expand and, you know, you're going to get some pushback from the, the, the purists, of course, but uh, music is, is meant to, to grow and, and move and morph and all that kind of stuff. That's what keeps it interesting and exciting. Absolutely. Where we're talking about you gaining all these fans with your newest single out October 5th. Are we going to are we going to lose some here with the statement that you're making about <laughs> IPA and, and specifically titled the IPA song? Yeah. Oh, man, that is funny. We are really splitting our crowd right now, for sure. <laughs> Alienating half of our potential audience, you know. Real quick, my question is, how much IPA did you have to drink to decide, I'm going to write a song about how much this sucks? I have thought about <laughs> that so many times. Like, if you, if, if we could just, like, pour into a pool, like, how much IPA we've consumed as a band over the years and years and years of touring, <laughs> like, how much would it fill that pool? Because we were sponsored by this awesome beer company, and they were nationally distributed, and part of the sponsorship was that they would deliver three 24 packs of IPA and that was their like flagship beer to every single tour stop on our tour. And we were doing like 150 shows a year. And so every time we show up to a venue, there would be 72 beers or whatever. And so like, and like the next day there would also be 72 beers there. And then the next day. And so we're like drinking as much as we can. (laughs) And like, because we don't have enough room in the van for all these beers. We didn't want to leave them behind. So we're like <laughs> drinking warm IPAs like as soon as we show up to the venue. It was just like, you know, it, it was really fun for a little while. But then we just kind of got burned out on it. And um, 
<laughs> and now we just drink crappy beers. So, <laughs> yeah. So I think we just had to, it was kind of like a dumb song, right? And then we wrote it and we played it a couple of times and people freaked out, like, like talking to us after the show or at you know, writing message. Like, I feel the same way about IPAs, man. It's gone too far. So <laughs> it's been, it's been really funny to see the journey of all that. Can I quote you guys real quick? Yeah. We generally use our music to unify people, but there comes a time for every band where you have to make a statement. And I think you're making one with this. But I think that's hilarious, especially where the song originated from, because that's like every beer drinker's dream, right? Every day I wake up and there's 72 beers at my disposal. But I think it's one of those things where it sounds better than it probably actually is. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was awesome for a couple months, and then we just, like couldn't handle it anymore <laughs> plus you get so drunk off of ip you know if you drink three or four ipas you're like drunk all of a sudden but you drink three or four pbrs and you're fine and so right our slow our shows were sloppier it was just like it was just bad badness you know <laughs> can we uh get into the songs a little bit more bring it on let's talk uh or let's listen to a little bit of valerie cool Sometimes I go out by myself And I look across the water And I think of all the things and what you're doing And in my head I paint a picture Since I come home, well my body's been a mess I miss your ginger hair Come on over Stop making a fool out of me Come on over, Valerie All right, so I just got to say, so this song right here is how I found the Brothers Comatose, and this is the song that made me, like, fall in love with you guys. So, Oh, that's awesome. Like, dude, just your voice for this song, I mean, it's amazing. So... How do you go about picking what songs you're going to cover? Do you just find songs you like and then you go from there? Uh, yeah, I, I think that one was a funny one because I, I'd always been a fan, a, a huge Amy Winehouse fan, and and that's it's actually not her song. That's a, a Zuton song, which is some a British band, and she covered it and and made it ultra famous. And I think it was I, I was always a fan of it, and I had I think just learned it, and then when she passed away like we got we had a show that night and i'm like oh my god we have to play this song and then ever since we did it that one night it was i don't know some some sort of magic we were channeling through amy winehouse or something and so it's just been a staple kind of like a tribute i guess because i'm still such a huge fan to this day so uh so that one i don't know man resonated in, in in some deeper kind of way but any kind of cover we usually do it's usually one of the singers like myself or my brother alex that that picks it you know it's gotta hit us somehow so we we feel good about singing it so uh that one that's how that one came about well while we're on that subject so there's another song i love that you guys cover i haven't seen it on an album though but i've seen it on your youtube 
and it's got an interesting video to it. So you guys did your elevator sessions and you did Eleanor Rigby and dude, <laughs> oh my gosh, I love it so much. So what was those elevator sessions like? Uh, <laughs> that was, uh, that was pretty funny. We just, I think we wanted to just make, uh, do some goofy, make some goofy videos. And, um, we're like, where can we play? So we went down in uh, union square in San Francisco. There's like the Macy's building and, and it's got, they've got these big elevators. And so we're just like, let's, there's gonna be a bunch of people down there doing Christmas shopping and stuff like that. So let's just go play in one of the elevators and see what happens. And it was so funny because you, you see, you bring mostly joy to people, right? Like mm-hmm. people, if, if like it, elevator doors open you see a band inside you're like oh that's that's funny or that's cool or whatever you know even if you if you love it or you don't love it but then if you get that if you complicate that with uh like stressful christmas shopping it's pretty funny because like occasionally the doors would open and people would be like oh like (laughs) like now i gotta wait for another elevator like just like super disappointed (laughs) which was hilarious to us but you know most people love it, so that was that was cool. I love it because you mentioned that, and there's actually one part of the video where the doors open, and there's a woman there, and then they close, and then open, she's theirs again, and she just walks off. She's like, I'm done with this shit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't realize that made it in the video. That's great. <laughs> uh, that is funny. Talking about covers, I want to uh, play a little bit of my favorite cover that you guys do, if you don't mind. Please. What you got? It's a great interpretation of a great and I think underrated Tom Petty song. Not a lot of people know that. They know the free fallings and the breakdowns and all those other ones, but it'll all work out by Tom Petty and you guys did such a great job with it. Oh, thanks, man. Yeah, that was uh that was Alex, my brother's pick. And uh we got our, our good friend Jay Bing to to play Arhu, which is that um it's it's almost it's it's very fiddle like it's it's a chinese instrument it's like a two string chinese gourd fiddle i guess is the only way i can kind of describe it but yeah she was a huge part of that and makes it it's like haunting and really cool do you agree that that's an underrated tom petty song i, I think that's not probably doesn't show up on the greatest hits but uh the people that know that song love that song totally that's on i think it's on wildflowers is that what 
uh, is that the album? I'm, I can't, I'm kind of. I actually don't know. I think it first came across my radar on the Elizabethtown, the movie from the mid 2000s, I think. Soundtrack maybe with Cameron Crowe. You know, when he picks his soundtracks, it, it's always great anyway. But uh, nice. that, that's the first time I remember hearing it. Yeah, it's so, so good. Yeah, we're all big Tom Petty fans in that one. I didn't even know that song, to be honest. And then Alex brought it to the to the table, and I'm like, this is really, really cool. This is the Tippy Joe Show. Join here with Ben Morrison of the Brothers Comatose. They're coming to St. Louis at the Old Rock House with Pixie and the Party Grass Boys. Friday, October 13th. Doors are at 7, shows at 8, $20, all ages. You're going to go out, stream, and get and buy, and whatever else they do these days, Kicking Up Dust, live at Moe's Alley. And then October 5th, you better be streaming the IPA song featuring <laughs> Ronnie McCory. Uh, really looking forward to the release of that, and uh, we'll see how that one goes. Right on. Hey, thanks, you guys. Appreciate you having me. Dude, thank you so much. Like, you have no idea how awesome this was. Like, whenever we found out about this, I was so excited. Oh, dude, that's rad. <laughs> hey, dude, I appreciate you guys calling me. That's awesome. All right, man. We'll catch you when you come to town, okay? Sounds great. All right. Take it easy, guys. Thanks. Peace.